here we are at the CRM team and uh, we're sitting in our studio once again talking about a series of podcasts that we're about to do called What Does It Even Mean? And where this comes from is a conversation we had the other day and we were talking about one of these huge topics, these things that were referring to the future of technology where everything's changed. And we were like, well, what does it even mean? What does this mean for us? What does it mean for our customers? What does this mean for people on a daily basis? And we said, we've got to get into a room. We've got to record this podcast because we've gone and done a whole ton of research to say, well, artificial intelligence, what does it even mean for us? And that's the topic of today's podcast. It really does feel like this huge thing, this, this capability that's coming. It's going to change everything. It's going to change the way that marketing works. It's going to change the way that we sell forever. It's going to change the way that customers get serviced. And that's wonderful. But how far in the future is it? So it's quite interesting that you asked that question. The, the, the interesting part of that is that artificial intelligence is a part of our lives already. Um, if I use some simple examples, when you schedule a meeting on your phone, you'll see a pop-up that says um, your meeting is about 30 minutes away. If you don't leave now, you're possibly going to miss that meeting. Or if you look in your Outlook environment and you send a mail, and in the mail you mention that you've attached an attachment um, and you try to send that mail without the attachment, artificial intelligence tells you that you forgot to send an attachment. So it's, it's already part of our lives. I, I think at the moment there's just a lot of hype around artificial intelligence, but it's completely consumable in the way we leverage things today. Mm. Again, it's one of those those topics that felt like it's it's really going to come in the future, and uh, or it's going to come down the line in the future. And if you start digging into the detail here, what people are saying is that this artificial intelligence capability that will be embedded in everything that we do, what you're saying already is, is actually going to become sentient. It's going to become self-learning. It's going to start taking things over. And we've seen enough sci-fi movies to tell us that that That's actually might be the truth. Thing. Not a good thing. We don't want to get into that situation. Is that really going to happen? Is it a thing that's going to become sentient? I, I don't believe it is. I, I fundamentally believe that it's, it's going to change the, the way we do business. It's going to change the way we sell. It's going to change the way we service. Um, I, I definitely believe that it has an influence, but I don't think that we're going to be ruled by robots in the very near future. Maybe not in our lifetime, and hopefully that, that's the case, or in some of the arguments you could make today, maybe being ruled by robots is not a bad thing. But... I think what's a quite important or what is a really important point on this is that artificial intelligence isn't the self-learning engine that just goes wild, but rather a series of programmatic processes that have actually been created on top of data. They're algorithms. It's based on machine learning and propensity models and all of those kinds of things, behavioral patterns. And yes, it can learn what the outcome is of each of those processes and get better at executing those in the future, which is happening right now in platforms like Amazon.com or even locally like Take-A-Lot. And there's so many others that we could reference. Just some of those examples in terms of propensity and next best action and how that sort of plays out. Maybe let's, let's lead in with that because we're talking about marketing in that sense. Yeah. So I, I think a very simple example here would be Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know how many of you have actually picked up Facebook and thought, did it overhear a conversation that I, that I had two days ago? How does it know that I'm looking for new running shoes? I, I mean, I, I never did anything. or I, I, I didn't even speak about running shoes. Um, so, and, and all of a sudden, you get very specific advertising aimed at you 
um, based on on this thought that you had around running shoes, for example. So 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 that's the first component where we can see artificial intelligence play a massive role. Um, the the second one is if you buy anything online, for example, takealot.com you'll see that um, it's always got some propensity scores at the bottom mm. that indicates other um, products that might be associated with the product that you're buying or other products that that people like you have bought in the past based on the behavior that you've just shown on that website. So it's, it's not that Facebook was listening to you or take a lot listening to you. They're just saying that when you act in a certain way, and that might be the things you've clicked on, the things you've shown interest on or in across all of the platforms that maybe Facebook own or even beyond that, they've begun to profile you. They're putting you into a category and then they're using the machine to market the relevant products to you based on your propensity to take that up. 100%. So marketing begins to change. And if we think about CRM, and we always know that in our world, we build it in the CRM circle. We say it's always around the customer. It's the individual that we're dealing with. Marketing's job is to attract people closer to your brand, to make sure that they're interested in the product and evaluate it and hopefully are looking to take it up, which becomes a lead that gets handed over to sales. But what you're saying is that AI will begin to change more and more businesses in the way that they're actually targeting those customers, bringing them closer to their brand, and hopefully turning them into a real prospect or a lead at some stage. Well, if, if you think about it as a consumer, um, we, we get... There's so much spam in in the world at the moment. I mean, we get thousands of emails, thousands of unsolicited SMSs for that matter. That's not contextually relevant to us at all. So once you start promoting concepts or products or services that's contextually relevant to what I'm struggling with at that point in time, what I desire at that point in time, all of a sudden, my propensity to take up those offers are much, much higher than unsolicited content. Interesting, because we think about that from a consumer point of view and how much we hate getting those communications, but it's often that we forget about the brand impact. What does it cost the company to send out hundreds of thousands of spray-and-pray SMSs or emails hoping for the best? It's a disaster. They, they're losing affinity with those customers and consumers. They're making it a, a much larger cost than it has to be, and instead of sending out hundreds of thousands, they could theoretically send out 30,000 and sell at a very, Much very high ratio. Rate, yeah. So it's going to change more businesses. And, and we know that that's the fact, but it's a complex thing to do, or is it? I, I don't think it is anymore. So the first problem that you have with artificial intelligence is it needs data. Mm. Um, and, and this is a common problem that we see across most of our customers is um, you have siloed departments that sit with very rich data, but there's not a common understanding of, of information across all of these different data sources. So the first thing that needs to happen is you need to consolidate or unify that data in such a way that you can actually make sense of it. One of the big problems, because the first thing someone would say is, well, we've had data warehouses for years. One of the problems with the data warehouse is the complexity in creating private keys across all of these different databases so that you can actually mm. merge the data correctly. So what Microsoft has done with their customer insights product is taken away that pain and actually using artificial intelligence to do the matching of these customer records based on, on a variety of things. Um, could be fuzzy logic, it could be address mm. detail in an email versus address detail or, or a company name. So it, it uses a variety of aspects to actually 
bind this data together to give us a common mm. profile and a common understanding of that customer. So that's the first thing that's important. The second thing is then to enrich that data with a common understanding of other customers that behave or look like the profile that you've created in in this environment. And Microsoft can do that mm. based on the Bing searches that that is that has taken place over years and an understanding of communication over office and whatever that might be. So it now uses that information to say, well, if I if I'm a 35 year old male that's interested in Nike shoes, other 35 year old males that live in my area is also interested in a running club just down the road, for example. Promote that, and that's that's that then becomes a, a promotion yeah. that you can actively run. But the story you're telling, we're talking about it at a Microsoft level, and we're saying that Microsoft are fixing this with their customer insight solution as part of Dynamics 365. But it's a story that's been told by many companies over the last 20 years. And they've all said, we can do this. We can take on all this data from different sources and we can get it right. Those projects are massive. They cost a fortune. They need tons of hardware. They never seem to go live. And when they do, they don't seem to have the value that was promised up front. Why is this different? So I think what has taken place um, o over the last few years is the gap between customer requirements and what the products that are produced deliver in relation to those requirements have uh, have have lessened dramatically. So um, in in essence, if if I look at the Microsoft solution, it's removed a lot of the complexity. It's removed a lot of the 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 data cleansing. Um, uh, individuals that had to sit and restructure this data and put the, the, the tables in the right place, they've removed a lot of that complexity. Yeah. And as a result of that, our time to value is dramatically mm. reduced. So, so yes, it, it's made a significant difference. Yeah, it's very real. So all of that investment that companies were making in the platform in order to get the data into that state has now transitioned. Microsoft are taking care of a ton more of that capability, which means that that investment can be put on top of the platform. So the bright sparks that we have outside of here in our customer insights team, they can sit down and start to say, what does this mean? How do we find these, these cohorts that look like this, the 35-year-old male that is in a running club or should be in a running club once they've bought these kind of running shoes in this area? That's the kind of place where you, the investment actually has a real return on investment. So that starts to change the way we market. It starts to make sure that what we're sending out in terms of comms is relevant to the individual. How do we make sure that the communication channel is the right channel for that person? So what's quite interesting is because of the close integration between exchange and customer insights and dynamics marketing, we now have an understanding that when we send mail to a customer, um, we can analyze when they open up those mails. Um, certain customers might read mail first thing in the morning. Others might read mail last thing at night. Um, and if you're going to be contextually relevant, you don't want to send a mail in the middle of the day that's going to sit at the bottom if someone reads their mails um, in the middle of the evening. So we use this understanding of when people are open up their mails to actually send this contextually relevant information to them at the time where they have the highest propensity of actually opening up yeah. that mail. 
We also have an understanding of whether customers actually respond better to SMSs as mm. opposed to mail, um, for that matter. So, so really, you you know, getting an omni-channel marketing strategy in place where I've got a next best action when I phone into the contact center, which is contextually relevant to the mail that you sent two days ago um, that a customer might not have taken up. Mm. So this becomes quite important to follow through on on those. It's it's so funny when we talk about these things. The thing that pops into mind right now, GDPR and Poppy for our local customers. The assumption is that suddenly we might be breaching the trust that a customer has with us and the allowance that we've actually been given to market to them or to discuss something with them of relevance because of the interaction we've had in the past. What actually happens as a result of this process is that we become more compliant because we know exactly can we or can't we, which channels are we allowed to use, for what purpose, at what time of day, and we can begin to constrain the way that we actually work with those people and how we communicate to them. So it actually improves our compliance, strangely enough. correct, yeah. Improved hit rate, better targeting, and better compliance. We begin to generate the right kind of leads. So let's talk about what happens when a lead gets created. Because now this gets handed over to the sales team. We've got to learn as to whether or not this is actually going to prove a real return and, and actually mean that our investment had, had some impact. But let's say in a B2B context, the lead gets handed over to one of our sales folks and they now need to make contact. How does AI change that part of the process? So I think the first thing that we need to understand is that the role of a salesperson has changed mm. dramatically over the last 20 years or so. Um, in the past, we would take whatever products we had, whatever SKUs were available, and try and push those to customers. Where nowadays, it's all built on trust and relationships and, and how we deepen those relationships, um, which means that the cost of sale has increased dramatically. It's, it's, it's cost us a lot more to engage with organizations to build this trust. Um, so what's essential is when these leads are generated, I don't want to waste my time as a salesperson building a relationship on a lead that has a very low propensity of closing. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that artificial intelligence does is it will look at successful conversions um, of leads in the past and start giving me a score or a prediction on the probability for this lead to convert, which means that the most important leads are the ones that go to the salespeople that they can actually then work on and mm. focus on. And only when you've gone through those, you can start focusing on leads with a with a lower priority or you can send it through a different channel. You yeah. can respond to those leads via email or an SMS as opposed, to going and see, exactly, as opposed to going and seeing that customer, which immediately costs money. So that's the first thing that takes place is that you go through that process. The second thing that artificial intelligence does is when I go and see that customer for the first time, I can't pitch up there with a whiteboard or a white blank piece of paper and say, okay, speak to me. What is it that you need? I need to have contextually relevant information already. I need to understand what was that customer looking for on our website? What were they doing on Facebook or LinkedIn that actually brought them onto my site so that I have the necessary research to actually um, approach them with contextually relevant information because customers are expecting us to be consultants and, and experienced um, salespeople as opposed to guys that just want to have a quick chat. Take an order. Exactly. So what artificial intelligence does is it starts bringing that contextual information to me. It will say, well, 
because this customer is in a specific industry or because this customer is interested in a specific product, you've used this presentation in the past for customers that had a similar need. Or here's a white paper, here's a, here's a document that, that we've used in, in opportunities that were similar to the one that has been created now, which, you, you know, from a, from a salesperson's perspective, I waste significant time trying to find what was that presentation I used again, uh, that one for that customer, where now AI starts bringing that information to the front because it has a common understanding of what that looks like in context with yeah. opportunities that I work with. So from a productivity perspective, I can spend a lot more time selling and a lot less time doing admin yeah. and research. So now you have the deck, which is exactly the right deck that's helped you sell these kind of deals or helped other people in your organization sell those kinds of deals in the past. You tailor it for your customer that you're going to go and see, and you know you're walking into a room full of folks. How does AI change the way that you relate to each of those people? That's an awesome question. So um, if, if I just think about how I respond mm -hmm. to an unsolicited call, or even a call that comes from a phone number that I don't know, um, I'll block that phone number or I'll you know, mm -hmm. let it go to voicemail because if, if I don't know you, there's no real reason for me to build a new relationship with you. But if I have a warm introduction, mm -hmm. in other words, I know before I actually go into that meeting simply by looking at who's been invited to that meeting in LinkedIn to get an understanding of who the, pro the profiles and the personas are that's going to be represented in that mm -hmm. meeting, I already have a common understanding of who's in that meeting and what's important to them. Um, secondly, I can have topics that are specific to those mm -hmm. individuals. So when I meet the CIO or when I meet the CMO, I can speak about the fact that we both went to the same university, um, that I saw a recent update from him ab about the company results, which was quite significant. Um, so when I start using LinkedIn and that AI capability mm -hmm. driven or brought into the productivity tools that I use on a day-to-day -day basis anyway, I am a lot more contextually relevant once again when I walk into that meeting and I've got a face that I've associated with the face in the past, um, you, you know, taking for granted that people keep their profile pictures up to date. Um, <laughs> but, but yes, I've, I've got a warm face and I've got an understanding of who mm. these people are so that when I start that conversation, it's a warm conversation and not a cold one. No, I literally had it happen to me this morning. A company came to see us. Uh, you were out at another customer, and, and this company, these, these sales folks came in. They use Microsoft Dynamics 365 for sales. They use the sales navigator capability that connects them to LinkedIn. And when the lady walked in, she said, I believe you work with Vaynant. I used to work with him, reference the customer oh, that, wow. or the company that you were at. And, and I went, oh, that's, that's great. I don't know why I felt connected to her, <laughs> but I did. Indeed. And my, my approach to her, my tone with her was quite different versus trying to feel out the meeting and see how we fitted together, 100%. I was part of the same unit. Yes. And it was a much more productive conversation for both parties. 100% correct. Yeah. So, so let's say that sales begins to change because the relationship is driven by the AI. It's helping bring to the front the data that is relevant to you based on the connections that you have. It's helping make sure you've got the right information at your fingertips so that you can sell these deals more effectively and actually have a real impact on the company that you're trying to serve. We acquire this customer. The customer now engages with us. We, we deliver great work, and now there's a requirement to deliver from a customer service point of view. We always say that customer service is actually about retention 
and growth. But in reality, a lot of companies think about this as a cost center. It's an expensive part of the business that doesn't always generate real revenue for us, but it is something that we need to make sure is in place so our customer experience is managed. AI is transforming that space for sure. Tell us about the virtual assistant. Before I speak about the virtual assistant, mm. let's just look at the concept of a cost center. Mm. Um, so the idea there is that that we put these these support centers in place because, damn it, customers have issues and now we need to take care of them somehow. And the problem that we have is um, we have people in that support center that complain that they're overloaded, there's so much work happening, there's so many issues taking place, and, and uh, you, you know, it's quite difficult for us to, to look at that um, and, and really understand whether it's true or whether it's not true, whether it's a perception, whether it's fact. Um, so the first thing that happens is you put an operational system in so that you can start getting some real true validation of query. So, you know, what kind of cases are being created? How long does it take to resolve those cases? Do cases need to get escalated um, to other departments that make my department look weak as a result of not meeting SLAs, et cetera? So, so the first thing that takes place is we get a common understanding of what these issues are. Mm -hmm. We then have a much better understanding of how to resolve these issues because what artificial intelligence starts doing for us is it will show me who in my teams are the most sufficient mm. at addressing a particular type of problem. And I can start routing those kinds of issues to that person directly. Um, in other words, speeding up that process and closing my, my calls uh, a lot quicker. It can also show me or give me some call insights as to the type of conversations that are taking place mm. and the tone of those conversations. So do I have agents that are um, you, you know, speaking to the customer rudely? Um, uh, what does that look like? What are they speaking about? What are the words that they use? in order to train them more effectively. Um, so that's an important function that, that we need to look at as well. But then, once we start getting these insights, it's a great opportunity for us to upsell and cross-sell. Mm. When a customer has an issue or where a customer has a complaint, for example, um, you know, my, my printer doesn't work, okay? Um, how long ago have you bought that printer? Well, three months ago, and in three months I've replaced cartridges five times whatever that might look like. I might use that opportunity to actually unsell a, a contract for you know the leverage of per page printing or, or whatever that might be. Um, in, in other words, bringing more business into the organization yeah. by using this opportunity or this complaint that have come in. And reducing the pain for the customer, most importantly, as part of the process. 100% yeah. correct, 100% correct. So. Speak about the virtual assistant. Mm. Um, we we need deflection to take place, yeah. and and the simple reason for that is, people in a contact center, irrespective of how small, is expensive to maintain. Yeah. You've got electricity bills. You've got the IT environment to maintain physical seats and desks and air-conditioned rooms and lighting associated with that. Office let's, hours. Let, let's just yeah. face the facts that that contact centers are expensive to maintain. Mm. So if I can have a virtual assistant that contextually once again understands a customer's query, use the single or common understanding of my customer's um, journey, whether that is point of sale data that I've brought in, whether it's ERP 
data that I've brought in, whatever that might be, use that information contextually to what the customer is querying or complaining mm. about at that point in time. I can resolve issues firstly much faster and secondly, I'm not consuming an individual in the contact center that really needs to speak to high-touch customers, those guys that have been prioritized, that skip the queue because they're the A-list customers that, that we really need an individual um, to speak to. So virtual agent allows us to do this. Now, you might say, well, you know, things like bots have been around forever. So mm. what makes virtual agent, you, you know, special? And, and the thing is, with bots, I actually need a specific skill set. I need a a Developers data scientist, data, yeah. like like specialist, to go and put this construct together. Mm. And they really need to think about the variations of the questions that a customer might ask, mm. and whether they're going to apply fuzzy logic to the, those questions. And, and the variances that might take place and the route or the tree that they need to follow based on where the customer takes that conversation. And that's very complex. That's mm. why only 5% of Microsoft's customer base has actually implemented a bot. So, so this is a very interesting mm. statistic because of the complexity associated with that. Virtual agent has taken away that complexity by giving me a very simple interface to, to create these structures and it uses fudgy, fuzzy logic to understand the different parameters that a customer could go through when I go and engage with them through that process, um, which run deflection mm. and reduces cost for me. It's incredible that it's primarily no code to go and build those things. And I, I agree, I think that's going to change the way that it gets adopted, utilized, rolled out, and ultimately not only improves the companies that we're working with to go and deploy those solutions, but actually improves the experience that their customers have. But this opens up a whole other topic, which I'm going to get to in a second. That is, everyone's going to lose their jobs because AI is going to take it all over. But what we're talking about in the customer service space is very much an omni-channel approach once again with this escalation route based on the channel that needs to be leveraged in order to solve that particular customer's problem. So that means that you are managing costs, but also most importantly, they're delivering a great level of customer service, which is really what the intention should be. So retention and growth will happen as a result of those things. Yeah. It also then feeds the database, which helps marketing market more effectively or market more effectively, which improves the sales process. And the cycle continues over and over again. Everything gets better because of our understanding of each of these interactions. Yes. But let's get back to this. Everybody's going to lose their job. AI is going to take people's jobs. What's happening in that space? So I think it's quite important to understand that, that um, AI should take care of all these mundane, everyday um, you, you know, low impact uh, uh, actions that people take on a day-to-day -day basis. Where we should be investing is for for the people that are that 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 are currently in those roles, upskilling them into other roles. For example, um, we we just spoke about a virtual agent. Mm. I need to have a manager that oversees that virtual agent. So now I can take a yeah. contact center person. Um, that that's previously taken calls and I can 
I can upskill him to become the person that manages that bot or that virtual agent, which serves yeah. thousands of customers. So all of a sudden, the profile of that person mm. has changed dramatically because I'm using their skill set for a higher purpose. They become more valuable. Higher value, 100% yeah. correct. So, so no, AI is not here to take your job. AI is here to, to remove the mundane tasks and gives us insights so that we can be a lot more effective in the way that we approach and serve customers. So I, I think we should say that instead of taking your job, it's going to change your job, which means there is a requirement to upskill and learn. But as humans, we're all attempting to get better every single day and ultimately what we should be, that that's an opportunity for growth. It's an opportunity for transformation. We were joking about this a little while ago, and we're saying, well, the fourth industrial revolution is going to transform Africa. We're seeing that across the engagements that we have with some of the graduate programs across the rest of Africa, and we're seeing that the technology that they're learning and the way that they're leveraging it in the companies that they work in is changing the entire approach for those companies. Yes and changing their trajectory. I mean, these are these are young guys and girls that are in the early 20s, and they're already building these capabilities into their customers. That's right. The one folk, the one guy that I came across, he's actually just changed his job title to bot supervisor, and I thought that was incredible. I mean, that's happening right now. That's 100% a young guy. That job yeah. didn't even exist a few years ago. So I think we're gonna see a lot more of that, but uh, that's probably a whole other topic for a future podcast. Um, and maybe another what does it even mean series. So I think let's let's pause right here. I think the, the summary though is that the investments that Microsoft have been making into the core platform transforms the way that companies who use that technology can ultimately market, sell and service. And AI really is baked into that entire platform. I think we're going to have an event coming up in the next little while. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Whoever's listening to this particular podcast can go check out our website, find out more, and obviously attend that event if you like. Um, I think it's going to be an interesting one. I won't say any more. Than 100% that. correct. Thanks, Vaynert. Cool. Chat soon.